Hello, and welcome to another episode of Conversations Beyond the Pew, and I am your forever talker, Reverend Kara Hildebrandt, and I know it's been a while since we've last chatted, but I have been waiting for this conversation for a while, and this conversation is with Ellen. Hello. (laughs) You may remember Ellen from that amazing podcast episode about peace and cultivating peace, uh, very popular with a lot of people. And so uh, Ellen is back and in a little bit different capacity. Uh, Over the last five weeks, uh, I've been preaching, speaking, conversing about curious questions of God in my sermons. And I thought it would be interesting to just have a a conversation with somebody who's heard most of those sermons and just the, the questions that come up that surround us constantly that we're always kind of asking and just to kind of get into those things which we sit around and ponder. And so I'm very curious as to over the last few weeks, what are some of the big questions that you've had around god or implementation or relevancy i I don't know any anything strike you i think it's more our interpretation of what we read because i think everybody has a little bit um different take on what the bible is saying literally and how we take that in Mm -hmm. i choose not to be so literal um and more like okay is this really what god is saying or is this what man has put down in writing uh, with pen and paper ah, yes. or chisel and stone, whatever it may have been back then? Right. Um, I think last week was God testing us. Oh, yeah. Which I hate because mm-hmm. I would not want to worship a God who is constantly testing me. Right. Because I'm going to fail. Right, know, right, yes. And I, that, I might yes. as well just drop out at kindergarten and not go any further because... We're all going to be tested. We're going to pass. We're going to fail. I don't think there's an, an A or an E. It's either pass or fail. And either way, we do it the best that we can. Right. Um, I don't believe God tests us. Right. As I said last week in our reflections, I think people test us more. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and how we react to the testing of what people, how they're testing us, is more speaking to us of what we take from the Bible mm-hmm. and how God wants us to be and to treat everybody. Not to yeah. say that... This is God who's doing this to me. No, it's an individual blood-beating, heart-pumping person who is trying to make us either believe their way, right or wrong, and -hmm. to see what what is our metal, what are we made of, and how are we going to react to what's being thrown at us. And that's when I choose to say, um, nope, I'm not going to fall for it. I'm going to walk away. I'm not going to let you test me because I know God's not testing me. So why would I let a mere mortal do it? Right. And I did point out last week that um, God uh, doesn't test us like we think, like this pass-fail. Humans do this whole pass-fail thing because uh, humans would fail every single time that uh, God is actually bringing life and love. And, like, do you notice that when things get challenging? That that's really more about what's happening in those passages where we hear the word uh, God testing. And I think um, with the passages used last week, as I noticed, the Old Testament, they used more of 
God was testing. God tested Abraham to mm-hmm. sacrifice his son. When you get into the Newer Testament, yeah. that's kind of gone by the wayside, where it's a more gentle, loving, one-on-one, how we react with people, and not with a divine being coming down and throwing lightning bolts at us. It's, right. Life's going to happen. It's not always going to be fair. So... God give me the strength to get through those lightning bolts to get up and keep walking, not yeah. to not to perish with those. Yeah, it's definitely the evolution. Like we can see an evolution in kind of understanding and people gaining a, different perspectives on God. Um, which before we started recording, that that was something we were talking about: the importance of questions and how if you don't ask questions and don't get stuck on one question that you have to do. You have to ask way more if you want to gain in knowledge. Correct. And our conversation, um, I don't know that she'll ever hear this, but it was with my daughter. We had it last night, which really resonated with the sermon this morning. Mm -hmm. Because as you're doing the sermon, I'm kind of like, huh, that goes right to the conversation my daughter and I were having last night, who, while raised going to church every Sunday and um, Mm -hmm. church camps and everything else, when she became an adult, chose to... Um, question I can't see it I can't feel it you have no physical proof of it so how do you me as her mother believe it exists and I said that's where my faith comes in Mm -hmm. and how I turn to God to get me through things that are challenges or to find the peace in him not to say please make this person well yes I'm going to pray for that person well yes I believe in miracles but it's not always going to happen so now we have to learn how to help others yeah. to go through um, their difficult experiences and be that godlike person for them. Yeah. That, uh, so today we talked a little bit about how when we create space for love, when we create space for peace and joy, and we actively not only just create the space but actively cultivate those things, that then we might get a hint of God's presence doesn't mean we solve the problems, but that we, we start to create the space and, and begin to transform lives uh, around us. And, but if we don't ask those questions, right? I mean, questions lead us down different paths, but it's almost like if we stop questioning, it like we can't grow anymore in understanding of anything. I mean, that, that works across the board. Um, so what would you say, what are some of the big questions you've had in your life? Questions why? I mean, personally, yeah. uh, my childhood, which I don't get, I will never get. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, Larry had ALS. Mm-hmm. That was a big one with why, after already having to deal with the kidney transplant. And like, okay, God, are you going to help me get through all this? Because not only what did we deal through that, and we got through that fine. Yeah. Then the ALS challenge came. And Mm -hmm. like, um, I know there's no cure for it. Right. So that wasn't my prayer to God. Yeah. Like, make this go away. Um, I believe in science. I can read all this stuff. I know what medical things say. So my prayers to God were, please help my husband to be strong through this Mm -hmm. and to um, carry him. And to give me the strength to physically carry him, not only, you know, emotionally, yeah. but to physically be able to find the strength to take care of him. Yeah. And on top of that, my mother 
fell, she got ill. So in an eight month period, yeah. I not only lost my mother, but I lost my husband. Right. And then trying to take care of him, I now had to deal with her going um, into a nursing home, the paperwork involved with that. So there were times where I was struggling trying to be in two places at once when I couldn't and yeah. doing this on my own and really digging deep with keep me going God because there were times where I didn't want to but through him yeah I got through it and yeah. um, I'm still getting through it obviously but um, that's when I called on my faith mm -hmm. my belief in God that you will be there and you will carry me and dear Lord thank you he did carry me because um, I'm here yeah. I'm standing I'm productive and yeah. um, I believe I owe it all to um, my deep faith yeah and that he got me through it along with an amazing group of friends that um, they were there to carry me too yeah yeah I was never alone right yeah and in, in that sense that in that presence of friends being surrounding you it also created the space for God um, in just the different ways that it interacted whether or not you were um, home by yourself trying to take care of people or the friends that surrounded you physically present. Right. Um, I never I never felt alone, yeah. even when I was alone. Yeah. Um, because I could draw on that, or a random text would come through from a friend like, ah, oh, how did you know that I'm just sitting here by myself? And I still get those. Yeah. And people are still, hey, you want to just go for a walk? So um, God never left me, neither did my friends, and mm -hmm. I believe my friends are here because God put them there. Yeah. Um, to help me through this journey yeah. and um, I'm blessed with that and I'm thankful for that and um, I think because of God I realize that mm. and maybe if you don't believe in God you don't realize why those people are here you just think oh it was nice they gave me a phone call I know God helped them to um, pick up that phone and give me a call or say what are you doing you want to go for a walk so um, yeah. I think he's always with me well, and I see that as propelling forward of saying, okay, God was with me in this experience. And, you know, when text messages would come through or phone calls and, and just knowing that, you know, this is somebody that God put in my life, whose life have I been put in? And just being able to return that, which I know that you, you do that, of being able to return of saying, okay, I need to like pick up the phone and call, or I need to text message because they're on my mind. Um, and thinking about that as, am I that person that God has put in? I hope yeah. I am. Yeah. And I try. I have a young friend. She was my daughter's friend. Um, my friend now. My daughter's <laughs> age. Yeah, So yeah. that's always seemed like, so, she's like my daughter's friend, but now she's mine. Yeah. Um, someone that goes from calling you like Mrs. So-and-so to first name basis, it's kind of strange. But yeah. I love having friendships with people that are my daughter's friends, mm -hmm. uh, my friends, uh, friends who are older yeah and I try to remember she went through a difficult thing I just gave her a text I was like hey how did your move go and everything else because I was thinking of her yeah. and maybe I was thinking of her because God said maybe I want to just check to see how so-and-so is doing and if everything went all right in her life and so yeah I hope to do more of that yeah. Right now, I'm just on like I gave myself a year break to try not to get too involved in anything else. Right. I need to refine myself because for the last three years, I was a caregiver. Right. right. I worked. Mm -hmm. um, so getting back to who I am or finding out who I'm supposed to be because uh... I'm not afraid to say I'm 62. So hopefully I got a little more life left into me and more to give to not only myself, but to others in the community.
Well, in this theme of questions and questions we need to ask, that's a really important question. Who is finding yourself? Who am I? Who do I want to be in this time? Um, have you gotten any hints about that as you've asked that question? Not yet. I think I'm still in the grief, anger, yeah, a little bit of anger still, grief period going through that. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to be a grandma again, so I'm looking forward to that in April. Yeah, so that's very exciting. Um, still working part-time, everything else. So as we did in my first podcast, I mean, my goal a few years ago before my husband got sick was I wanted to go for a master gardener's license. Yeah. Because I love the yard. Mm -hmm. I love being outside. That's where I find peace because there's right. no noise around. I can commune. Um, I can talk. I can feel the earth in my hands, which to me is rejuvenating to say yeah. anything of the least. Um, so that's that might be where I might go. I might finally get to be able to do that now. And um, But it's amazing how touching the earth or just mm -hmm. seeing it, I mean, every year, and you may have seen the picture I put on Facebook, just dealing with stress. It was five yards of mulch dropped in my driveway, right. which I get every year. And typically, it was a two-person job. This last couple of years, it's been a one-person job. Yeah. And it's like, I think when we do things, whether we're walking, biking mm -hmm. with a shovel full of mulch and a wheelbarrow to the backyard, I think we need something physical to relieve our stress. Yeah. And just being out in a couple yard, yards of that a day and just moving it in and just seeing the yard progress mm -hmm. and that I did this and the beauty of God. I don't think we see that as much as we're not looking for it. So yeah. I think we don't take the time. I like to take the time and just sit and go like, look at the bees, look at the butterflies because of what mm -hmm. I've done. But these were all gifts from God, whether it's my gift or just the actual flowers that we've had and how we take care of our surroundings and how we make them better, not only for us, yeah. but for those and for the the bees and the butterflies that we depend on to keep our food source. So it's not, we have to look beyond ourselves. Yeah, certainly. Um, so and along that, I mean, that's that's a questioning of self, like looking beyond, like how can I see beyond myself or um, how can I make this world a better place? Uh, certainly those questions. Is there anything that you found you've asked yourself and you got an answer that was totally unexpected? I don't think so yet. Okay. But it's just kind of like, no, I'm going to have to say no at this point, but I'm hoping that that yeah. comes and that's what okay. I'm looking forward to is that epiphany that like aha moment where it's like this is what because I was looking for because that's what I keep asking myself what do you have in plan for me God because I'm not quite sure yet yeah and maybe I've gone through 62 years of not having met that mm -hmm. I mean yes wife mother grandmother and everything else but the aha me moment where it's kind of like this yeah. This this is what I've been waiting for where it comes like this is where I'm doing my best in my community, in my family, mm -hmm. in my friends. So, um, no, I'm still waiting for that, I think. Okay. But I know God is always around me, and I've seen that and I felt that. But for the big sky opening, doves coming down on my shoulder. Uh, yeah, yeah. As of today's sermon, I don't know that I've had that yet. Yeah. Well, and... 
I think most of us haven't necessarily had a big like sky opening dove coming down kind of moment. It's it's almost like we've gotten like little tiny mm-hmm. breadcrumbs of it. Uh, we've gotten little tiny breadcrumbs of of peace or joy, but it, it's not necessarily like a boom. And I think that's what some people are looking for is the big the big boom. And when they don't get that, then they think, well, then what is it all about? Where is yeah. God? He's not. He's not giving me everything that I asked for or, mm. you know, why, why this, why that. So if you're looking for this one big moment and you don't see every other little thing that's going around you at the time, yeah, you know what, get on that carousel and just go around and look at everything else that's there. Go for a walk because you're missing out if you're just waiting for that one big bang moment because it may not happen in the way that you think. Yeah. So during the last five weeks of going through this Curious Questions of God, are there things that you've gone, oh, hmm, that's kind of interesting, or propelled you further in, in some kind of thinking? I think it made me question why some things are put in the Bible. Okay. Yes. As people should question that. Just but, to be clear, you should question I'm going to tell you, the whole Abraham and Isaac thing scares. Yeah. You know what? I'm like, it's, it's okay, a that's a Stephen King novel. Yeah. Let's put it where it is. And Sarah is a mother. Like, oh, no, hell, that's not going to happen. I'm like, I find it disturbing that people yeah. would think God did that. Did God do that? We don't know. Even, as you said, we're not really sure. Did it really happen? Was he really sacrificed? The end of human sacrificing, which I don't get. But there's things that I question in there. It's like, yeah. I don't like that part of the Bible. Right. right. And it's kind of like, so that's something that if you're going to read that and you're going to look for one thing to make you say, I don't want to follow God, that would be it. And there, there's a few more. But, I mean, that's one where you go, like, not okay. Right. And it's almost like they're put in there. Like, these stories are put in there that are so difficult and so challenging, and you're like, what in the world is going on? To make you pause and think, life is not perfect, and life doesn't always have an answer. You know, it's it's almost like, and on another side of seeing the really terrible things that humans will do to each other. Absolutely, and you see that all through not right. only the Old Testament, but it's in the New Testament, too. That's Right. Let's get a picture of Jesus Christ being crucified and, and right. beaten. I mean, it's just horrible. Right. And how even in this verse today, and I don't remember which one it was, where Paul and Barnabas, where people went to have people harass and attack them. Right. I mean, they went to eat women, of all people. I mean, since when did they ever go for women to do anything? So that's how bad it was. They even had to have the women turn on them because usually they're insignificant for most parts of the Bible. Right. So they were drawing on everybody they could to go. And because you don't like their belief, and right, right, yeah. Sometimes, uh, sometimes women are main characters, and sometimes they are not. But the passage we were reading, yeah, the women are even even become instigators in harassing Paul and Barnabas, and Paul and Barnabas are like trying to bring hope. And I, you know what? If we think about it, we've seen something like that in our lives, where somebody's trying to do some good work. And they're trying to help somebody else, and somebody turns on them, and it's just cruel to them. And you're like, what in the world is wrong with you? It's almost like uh, there are these parts of the Bible where it's a reflection of our worst selves and of holding up a mirror and saying, are you part of that? Or do you want to be part of something different? 
and I think we need to look at be a part of different reading that hopefully inspires us to say I don't want to be that person right yes I can agree to disagree on many things um, find some common ground yeah but when you start and you bully somebody and you try to run them out of town because they're trying to do something good and to mm-hmm. bring hope to you that's when you go that verse is in there to make us like you said reflect upon ourselves not to be that person yeah and and to you know but sometimes you have to do what they did and dust off and walk to the next town and say you know what there's another family or friend that maybe would appreciate or really needs the help because the other person obviously didn't or doesn't want to hear it and they're never going to hear it so right you're better to move on to open ears yeah yeah in that passage yeah like you said it does go on to talk about that of shake the dust off your feet Mm -hmm. and go to the next place Um, so what questions have you felt that were not not necessarily unanswerable like we were talking about the big questions the unanswerable big questions but what questions have you found to be helpful in your life that have actually like helped guide you um i guess the big question is let's go back to the what would jesus do okay I mean, we had learned that in Bible school, and we always had the WWJD everywhere you went. And I think um, it still resonates today where you have to stop, take pause. And um, if you believe in God and Jesus, the Holy Trinity, you you sit there and go, okay, take a deep breath before Mm -hmm. I open my mouth. What is the right thing to do? Um, What does the Bible teach me to do? What would God want me to do? And sometimes... It happens. Other times it's like, oh, that won't work out for me, though, God. <laughs> right. That sounds really good in writing, but is right. it going to be a great impact upon myself where it's going to cause me harm? Because yeah. sometimes we can let people walk all over us, and um, so maybe that doesn't work in every scenario. I'm going to be honest, for me it doesn't. Yeah. Um, where you always turn the other cheek. I think sometimes you just get slapped around too silly where you go, it's – it, it hurts too much to get one more hit, so right. you Wait. walk away. Right, you got to shake the dust off your feet right. and walk away. Yeah. So so I think that gets us the starting point. Yeah. And to do it that way, and then to then look at God and say, I can't do this anymore, please understand. And that's what I, to me, that's my statement to God. I can't do this anymore. I can't, I know it's probably not what you're wanting. You want me to go further, but... I can't for me because yeah. I am only human being. And I think mm-hmm. we have to find those boundaries and relationships that are harmful to us Yeah. to say, sorry, God, I know this is, God does not want us to be harmed. Right. Yeah. So I think that's why God gives us free will and the opportunity to say, not today, God. Because sometimes we have to say, not today, God, I'm tired, or this isn't going to be in my best interest. So I'm sorry, but... Um, Right. Today. Ultimately, yeah. Like this is not yeah. this is not healthy. Um, it, it doesn't seem that uh, when we look at different stories that being in toxic, unhealthy relationships is where God is guiding yeah. us. God tries to give us tools of working through, but then, like I said, sometimes you got to shake the dust off. <laughs> but I still find myself apologizing to Him. I'm yeah. like, really sorry, God. I just can't. Yeah. So I think that's recognition that. I know I'm not being the person, maybe he wants 100% of me that I've tried, but right. sometimes we're, we're going to fail. 
-hmm. and we can only say, let me do better next time, but um, forgive me. Right. What's one of your favorite stories that you found in the Bible that have been hel- that's been helpful? Anything that comes to mind? So many of them. Um, I'm I'm a New Testament gal. Okay. Um, not so much old, vengeful Old Testament God, which again I think that's a lot of men's words in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like when the Egyptians asked for help and God was giving them help, and Moses came out, then they just did nothing but complain for forty years, walking whatever. I'm kind of like, okay, people need just to go back. Right. I mean, right. The, right. The Israelites are like, we want out of Egypt. And so God's like, okay, let's go. And then they're like, no, actually, we want to go back. That's not what we wanted. Yeah. So God pointed you to a road. He put you in the car, gave you a map, and you decided, yeah. like, I'm not going to stop and ask for directions. I'm just going to complain the whole way there and then get lost because you didn't take a moment to stop, take a look at the map, and say, where am I headed, God? Yeah. Because he told them where they were going, and they just kept going around in circles so I mean there's things like that we just go like I think we're like that in our own life at times yeah. where we don't take the time to stop and say okay take a deep breath am I on the right road which road should I be in so um, a lot of questions on the Old Testament that I disagree with the whole you know just I don't get certain things the whole Abraham thing um, the New Testament I love some of Jesus's um, I'm a loss for the word. Like the prodigal son, um, ah, the, the Good parables. Samaritan, the parables. Yeah. I love some of them. Yeah. A couple of them, I'm like, I don't like that one. Yeah. Um, I love the Good Samaritan one because we shouldn't be looking at somebody based on race, color, creed to decide whether or not we're helpful to that individual and we see them in need. So, I mean, I think yeah. that's probably my favorite one because that makes us cross the boundaries of who we are to look at other people and not judge them by the mm-hmm. color of their eyes, the color of their skin, and say everybody is deserving of help and put that hand out to them and help them up. Yeah. So I think that's probably my favorite one. And I like when uh, Jesus is um, truly human and tosses a few tables or, or gets <laughs> angry because right. we all do. And to say that we don't, I mean, we're lying to ourselves. I've never met anybody that I haven't seen angry at all about something. So mm. um, yeah. I like that the Bible showed us that part of him where it's okay doesn't mean we can go out and hurt anybody, but it's okay to, um, if something bothers us, to show that emotion. Yeah. Maybe not in anger, but to show that, you know, it's not okay. But um, mm-hmm. so I guess, yeah, and I, I love the strong stories of women of Esther and um, Ruth ah, and Naomi yes. and where, you know, I have a picture frame um, that I got for my daughter's wedding that's a picture of the two of us on it where, um, where you go, I will follow. I'm paraphrasing a little bit there, and it's her yeah. and I. It's kind of like because mothers and daughters bond mm-hmm. strong in the Bible, and I think that's probably one of the strongest bonds you will see even in real life in yeah. a lot of cases, some not so much. But um, <laughs> so to see those strong women and relationships that mothers and daughters can mm-hmm. build, I think um, I enjoy reading those because I think that makes us closer to our family. So, um, yeah. yeah, and again, the Good Samaritan I love yeah. because I think that's where we're at in our nation today. Mm. We need to stop putting up walls and fences um, and judgment just based on religion, yeah. race, creed, color. Right. I mean, we're, we're supposed to not judge people based on that by our own laws. So, um, 
Right. I like ones that make us look at that and really see what it means and then to follow through with it. Yeah. And especially with the Good Samaritan, because then it, it takes you further. Like, how do you then help? Yes. How do you, how are you helpful to people around you that you may totally disagree with or that there's, there's a difference, but yet how do you, how are you helpful? Yeah. Uh, I actually am a huge fan of the, the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures, because I love the complexity of it. Maybe it's too complex. Maybe that's part of the problem, that it goes deeper than what we as individuals who don't have the education and the schooling can get out of it. So that's why I find Bible studies and the sermons helpful, because it makes you see, okay, this is what they're saying. Because sometimes you just read it, and it's just big, long words that you're not grasping. So to have those broken down, yeah, um, I find that very helpful because then you then you kind of go, oh, okay, now I get what they're trying to say because sometimes you, you don't. Yeah. So, you know, thinking about the questions that have helped you in asking in your life and, you know, the different biblical stories, what would you say is, or maybe more than one, what are some uh, questions that you think are important that people ask around God, the Bible, any of it, life? Um, I think the big one is to say, how can I help my brother? Mm. Um, and I think that's pretty much, you can read the Bible from front to back, and I think that's in context what it's trying to come down to is standing up against oppression. I mm. mean, you see it all through the Old Testament, through the New Testament, where um, mm -hmm. standing up for what you believe in. Yeah. Um, trying to do what's right mm -hmm. and taking a moment to stop and say, okay, God, you're here with me. I'm counting on you just to be within me and to help me because I know the Bible is where I got my strength as a child growing up. I read it every night. It was broken yeah. down until you could read the Bible in a year. And <laughs> I did yeah. that for like two years. So I got through the whole thing twice. And a lot of it as a, you know, a youth, 15 or 16, some yeah. of it was just words because you didn't understand it because it was so complex. So it's nice mm -hmm. as an adult to reread it, mm -hmm. listen to the sermons, and then kind of go, okay, this is what was being said. But I know there was a lot of nights that Bible fell asleep on my chest where I was like praying to God, like, you know, um, I need help tomorrow. I'm just a kid in a relationship that, um, a family that they're there. I wasn't abused, but I felt like I wasn't there. Yeah. I wasn't noticed. I was, I was there. I was taken care of, but mm -hmm. so I still ask who am I? Cause I don't know. I don't know who I am as a child. I think going forward. Yeah. Um, so I'm still looking for that. So I haven't figured out who I am, but I, I, I know I can be a pretty good person if I want to be, and I try to be, and that's what I, you know, that's what I strive for, so. Yeah, well, and this brings me to our to the last question, uh, which you've really hit on it, and we kind of were talking about it earlier today, of being hopeful that our world right now needs hope. We need hope, because despair is setting in because of numerous things, right? We're, we're doing this uh, recording in the middle of a pandemic still. And it's this sense of how do we bring hope? And so the question I have for you then is what gives you hope so that maybe somebody could look around and say, oh, I see that. What gives me hope again is the people that I surround myself with. Um, there's a lot of anger right now. 
Mm-hmm. I see it in lines at the drive-through, standing, you know, in Target or in Coles of people's just anger. I mean, I think we've been locked up so long, yeah. we're almost forgetting how to behave almost as human beings and how to interact because I think we're losing that mm. because we're not talking to people as much as we are, you know, we used to. We're right. not getting out, so we're losing that connection mm-hmm. from person to person. So that's what I'm noticing is... Just people, I think, have pent-up anger until they can get out and be normal again. I don't know that we know how to react in situations. Yeah. So my hope is that we get through this, we all get a shot, we learn to get back together again, and we reconnect with conversation Yeah. Um, on a good level. So I'm looking forward to the hope of, again, get rid of this pandemic. Let's, let's treat each other with respect. And I mm-hmm. think until we can communicate yeah as I told a friend of mine I'm like with my husband being gone I'm home alone all night long yeah and what I notice most is I'm not having a conversation with somebody Mm. so it's kind of like I feel like I'm losing just things on my own because yeah I'm not speaking right I'm losing words they're taking me longer to get to because I'm not using my voice as often as night just talking to people so this is what I'm noticing in my own life just being talking to the dog who doesn't respond back but I think on my own personal level I'm losing that little bit of communication at night or in the morning so imagine a whole world that's losing that ability to communicate with people to Mm. find the right words and to have to think hard to say what is the word I'm looking for yeah so um that's my personal experience and I think kind of that's what we're all feeling right now is mm-hmm. we're not connecting we're not talking and so we're losing conversation right good or bad right but yeah. we're just losing that skill of how do we now sit down and have a conversation with people when we've not been able to do that yeah which is so important it so. is I mean the spoken word is the first we had long before written word right this is how we communicated. This is how stories were passed on was right. through word. And when you lose that, you lose the stories. Mm-hmm. How many stories have been told that we haven't been able to share because we're not talking to people? Oh, yeah. So I think that's part of it. I mean, I've got great stories from great friends who are taking care of me. Um, I'd have more stories if we didn't have the pandemic, and I could see them more often. Right. So I think we're losing those good stories that – and. Um, relationships that we could be building if we could be closer so my hope is to get back to that yeah um more good stories being built um more often because we're able to um be with each other again so that's my hope yeah and if you're listening to this in a place that is warmer than five degrees which is what it is currently outside please uh go outside and uh communicate and have conversations with your neighbors (laughs) no they're all locked in but you know what every night i've taken my dog out and it's been cold you know what Three layers of clothes, two coats, and everything else. But again, it's it's the peace and the relaxation, and that's where I'm able to find God. Is just it's cold, the snows on you, but that's God's snow, that's God's cold, and it just feels good to get outside and to release some of that stress that we've all been under. Yeah. Because it, God gave us a nice world. He gave us a beautiful world. Let's use it to our own stress relief. Because we can still go out and walk and just we can. unwind. And, and wave to our neighbors. And wave to our neighbors through their window. <laughs> socially distance. Yes, yes. If you talk to anybody outside, please make sure it's socially distanced. Yeah, so. Well, thank you for sitting down with me today. Thank you. 
All right. And to all those listening, I hope you enjoyed and found something that uh, gave you hope today. Have a good one.